Good morning, Altoona Regular Baptist Church. He is risen. He is risen, indeed. What good news to start out with this Easter morning, Sunday morning, April 12, 2020. Although we're not able to be together as a church, our hope is sure. Christ is risen from the dead. The grave is empty. And as we come to God's word this morning, our hope is sure because the grave is empty. We know that, it, that his word is powerful. We know that, that all that he said will come to pass. Our God is faithful. And the empty grave is proof that he is who he says he is. What hope that we have this morning. I encourage you to join me in John 1. John 1 will be in verses 19 to 42 this morning. We're going to actually continue our series through John this morning. We're not going to uh, pause for an Easter sermon. And my reason for that is because when we come back together as a church, I would love for our first service together to be an Easter service. I would love as we come back together reunited after weeks apart, to glory together in our risen Savior. So it's something to look forward to, something to long for as we come back together. And this morning we'll continue our study, John 1, 19-42. If you don't, do not have a Bible, I'd invite you to grab one. Follow along uh, as we look to John 1, verses 19-42. to 42. Now this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed, and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. And they said to them, Who are you, that we might give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? And he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now those who were sent were from the Pharisees. And they asked him, saying, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water. But there stands one among you whom you do not know. It is he who coming after me is preferred before me whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. These things were done in Bethany beyond the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore I came baptizing with water. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. Again the next day, John stood with two of his disciples. And looking at Jesus, as he walked, he said, Behold, 
the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned, and seeing them following, said to them, What do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which is to say, when translated, teacher, Where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. And that was about the tenth hour. One of the two heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Now when Jesus looked at him, he said, You are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. Let's open with a word of prayer. Father, we praise you this morning for who you are. We praise you for the empty tomb, for our hope that is sure in Christ. That Christ who died rose again. He conquered death and hell. And he offers life to all who will believe. Even this morning, as we look to this passage, may we see Jesus Christ. May we see him lifted high. May we see who he is. And may your spirit work. May you touch each and every one of us. May you work in us for your glory. And if there is any under the sound of my voice this morning who has not turned from their sin and placed their faith in Christ alone, may this morning be the day that they do that. What a glorious day that would be. As we turn our attention to your word, we pray that you would minimize distractions, help us to focus, to listen, and pray that you would work. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever watched a movie or read a book that began at the end? They give you a little glimpse of the closing scene of where the story was going. And then after giving you a hint, a story, a, a view of that, it jumps back to the beginning. So we come to John 19 through 42. That's exactly what John does. He goes back to square one. In the first 18 verses, John gives us this glorious view of who the Word is, of who Christ is, of why He came, and of what He's doing. And then as we come to verse 19, John jumps back to square one, back to the very beginning. And he starts then telling the story. And he starts here with John the Baptist. And quickly it, it shifts focus to Jesus Christ. And so as we work our way through this passage this morning, we'll see John's identity, John's testimony, and John's ministry. First point we'll see this morning is John's identity, verses 19 to 28. This passage opens with a scene, as, as it says in verse 19, Now this is the testimony of John. This is his testimony. The, the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? See, apparently John is making a big enough of a scene. He's got followers. 
He's making an impact. People are listening, listening, and this, this makes it back to the religious leaders in Jerusalem. At the temple. The Sanhedrin. Those, those who are in control. And they hear about this, this man out in the wilderness, and, and they have questions. Who is he? What's he doing? Is he going to cause problems for us? And so they send a party out to meet this John. To get to know him. To ask him some questions, to figure out who he is. So they come and they ask him, who are you? Straight up, they say, who are you? Verse 20, he confessed, did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. Verse 20 shows, shows John's urgency in making sure they understand who he is not. See, that's something that you'll notice all throughout this passage this morning. John's focus is not on him. It's not about who I am. It's about the one who's coming after me. It's about who I am not. And that's what John starts with here. They ask him, who are you? And he says, that's the wrong question. It's not who am I. It's who I'm not. I am not the Christ. Apparently there had been some, some rumblings that possibly this was the Christ. Some rumors that were going around. John wants to set the record straight. I am not the Christ. So these leaders who've come to, to, to figure out who this John is, he's clearly some kind of character. He's dressed funny. He's, he's doing all these odd things. So, something is going on here. Alright, so, so if you're not the Christ, verse 21, what then? Are you Elijah? Just a few weeks ago, we were in Malachi on Sunday mornings. When you come to Malachi chapter 3, verse 1, we see a forerunner. When you come to, to chapter 4, verses 5, you, the, this forerunner is identified as Elijah. When Christ comes, there, there will be this Elijah who goes before him. And so they're asking, well, if you're not the Christ, are you connected to him? Are you Elijah? Are you come to prepare the way for him? What's interesting here is, is he says, I am not. It's kind of odd because Jesus identifies John with Elijah. In Matthew 11, Matthew 17 uh, 12, Mark 9, 13, Luke 1, 17. Jesus identifies that, that John is coming in the power of Elijah, like Elijah. But John is not literally Elijah returned, as, as they are thinking, as they are expecting. But he is Elijah-like. He has come to prepare the way. But he's not Elijah. He's John. Some commentators note that, that John may not have at this point understood who he was. He may not have understood the, the weight of who he was. 
Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? They're thinking of Deuteronomy 18, specifically verse 15, where, where it said another prophet like Moses will come. So are, are you this prophet, this other one that was promised like Moses? Both Peter and Stephen in Acts apply Deuteronomy 18.15 to Jesus. Jesus is this other prophet. The Messiah is this other prophet. So really they'd already asked this question. But when John had answered, I'm not the Christ, I'm not the, the, the anointed one. But are you the prophet? He answered them, no. And so now they're running out of options. Okay, well, who are you then? Verse 22, they said to him, who are you? We, we, we've got to go back. We've got to give them an answer. So what do you say about yourself? Who are you? John says, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. He's quoting Isaiah 40, verse 3. And actually all four Gospels quote this and apply it to John. This is the only one, however, where John himself applies this passage. What's interesting is what John is doing here is he's drawing attention off of himself. They're asking the wrong question. It's not about who John is. He's here to make straight the way. It's for who is coming after me. I'm nothing but a voice. So in verse 24, they're confused. If you're not one of these, these, these great people that we're looking for, then why do you baptize? If you're not the Christ, you're not Elijah, you're not the prophet, why are you baptizing? You see, baptism was not, was not unknown to the Jews. Ezekiel 36, 25 and 33, Ezekiel 37, 23 and Zechariah 13, 1, they, they all allude to spiritual cleansing with water in connection with the coming of the Messiah. In fact, Jews had, had practiced baptism, but not on other Jews. They would baptize proselytes, those who had been converted to Judaism. They would baptize them because they were in need of, of cleansing. These, these Gentiles who have, who have believed they're in need of cleansing. So that's what baptism was to them. It was a cleansing. But John is baptizing Jews. That was unheard of. Because in their mind, Jews didn't need to be baptized. We're already the people of God. We don't need to be cleansed. But John was preaching repentance. You do need to be cleansed. You, like a Gentile, are a sinner. So these Jews who were being baptized by John, 
They were identifying themselves. They're saying, I, like a Gentile, am filthy. I am a sinner. I need to repent of my sins. And so they're coming to him and they're saying, what authority do you have to tell these Jews that they're, that they're sinners, that they need to repent? Who do you think you are? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there stands one among you whom you do not know. He who is coming after me is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. Again, here we see the humility of John as he puts himself aside, he puts himself down. He says, there is someone who's coming. I'm not even worthy to, to lose his sandal strap, the, the lowest of the low actions. I'm not worthy to do that. He is great, and He is coming. John is here to prepare the hearts for the coming Messiah. That's His identity. That is who He is. He is the forerunner. He is preparing the way, making straight the path. As we come to John 1, 29-34, we see John's testimony. Verse 29 starts, The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him. And he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. I did not know him but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore I came baptizing with water. Here in verse 29, John makes it clear. This, this Jesus is the one to whom I was pointing just yesterday. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is who Jesus is. He is the Lamb of God. The picture of a lamb was not uncommon in Judaism. The picture of a, of a lamb being sacrificed for, for sin was not uncommon. This is who Jesus is, and this is why He has come to deal with sin. He's the Lamb of God. He's the one who takes away the sin of the world. This is He who I was talking about. This Jesus is the Son of God. He's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I did not know him, verse 31 says, but, but that he should be revealed to Israel. I didn't know who he was, I just knew he was coming. And so I came and I baptized with water. I did what I was told. I prepared the way. Even though John was Jesus' cousin, he, he did not know that Jesus was the Son of God. 
until we see in the following verses, he saw the sign John bore witness saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. This happened at Jesus' baptism as recorded in, in Matthew 3 and Mark 1 and, and Luke 3. So as we pick up here in John, we're picking up after Jesus' baptism. This has already happened. And John is here saying, once again, he's testifying, this is the Son of God. It's the Lamb of God. This is the one to whom I'm pointing. This is John's testimony. That Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And that's good news for you and me. For we are sinners. As the Bible tells us in, in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned. In Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin, what we, what we have earned, what is rightfully ours because of our sin, is death. But Jesus is the Lamb of God. And He has come to take away the sin of the world. Even as, as we're here on, on Easter morning, and we're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Even here we see this. The hope that is ours. The Lamb of God, slain for our sins, has risen from the dead. He has conquered death and hell. And he gives life to all who will believe. He's taken away the sin of the world. That's John's testimony. Look to Christ. You see John's identity, John's testimony. And then as we go into verses 35 to 42, we see a very real, tangible example of John's ministry. As we come to our third point this evening, we see John's ministry. John's very tangible ministry. Again, it's a new day. Look at verse 35. Again, the next day. John now is standing with two of his disciples, and looking up, he sees Jesus again. And again, he proclaims, Behold, the Lamb of God. This is John's mission. This is John's point to point to Christ. And so he sees him, and he testifies, Look, the Lamb of God. And now, two of his disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. 
You see, you think that, that John might be disappointed. That two of his disciples would leave him to follow Christ. But the whole point of John's ministry is that they would follow Christ. In fact, later on in John 3, John will say, He must increase, I must decrease. And that's what we see here. John's disciples leaving John to follow Jesus is not a sign of John's failure, but of John's success. He's pointing others to Christ, and those closest to him are getting it. The light bulb is going on. It's not about John. It's not about his ministry. He is pointing us to Christ. They get that. And so these disciples, these two disciples go and they follow Jesus. Now this is not when they're called to be official disciples. We see that later on in Matthew 4, 18-22, again in Mark 1, 16-20, when, when they're fishing and, and Jesus comes and he says to, to Peter and those with him, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And they leave everything behind and go. What we see here in John is a, a, a preliminary exposure to Jesus. This helps to make that Matthew and that Mark passage make more sense. I don't know about you, but if you've ever heard the story of Jesus calling his disciples and you've wondered, why would they leave everything behind to follow some guy that they, they've never even heard of, they don't know? What we see here in John is, is, that's not the case. They have heard of Jesus. They've had experience with him. They've sat down with him. They've discussed things with him. We see that right here. They leave John and they spend the whole day with Jesus. So they go. They spend the day with Jesus. Verse 40, one of the two heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah. We have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. You see, Andrew is starting to get it. He may not have fully, completely wrapped his mind around this yet. But what he does know is that Jesus is the Messiah. I may not understand it. I may not see the, the full picture. But I know something is going on here. And he goes and he gets his brother. And he brings him to Jesus. We see in the next verses that, that Jesus already knows Simon. When Jesus looked at him, he said, You are Simon, the son of Jonah. He knows who he is, and he knows who he will become. You shall be called Cephas, or Peter, which is translated a stone. See, Jesus is not just arbitrarily renaming Peter. He's not just out of the blue picking a new name for Peter. He's making a statement about Peter. This is who I will make you. Jesus knows him better than he knows himself. And so in this passage, what we see in John 1, 19-42, the introduction of Jesus Christ. 
as John quickly is pushed aside, John the Baptist quickly exits, and Christ takes center stage. As it should be. And what we see this morning, the challenge this morning, the conclusion this morning, as you bring it, as you bring it down to a conclusion, is this. What do you say about Jesus Christ? Who do you say that he is? John has testified he's, he's the Lamb of God. He's taken away the sins of the world. That's why he's here. Andrew, after spending time with him, goes to his brother and testifies he's the Messiah. The Anointed One. The question is, who do you say that Jesus is? Do you believe the, 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 the testimony of these two witnesses? Of Andrew and of John the Baptist? See, John's testimony that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world is a testimony that looks forward to the cross. You and I are sinners. And as sinners, we deserve death. But Jesus took your penalty. He paid what you owed. And He offers you His life if you will but believe. Will you accept? Will you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? That He is the Lamb of God who bore your sin? for you? That's the question this morning. Will you believe? Will you believe? Will you turn from your sin and place your faith in Christ and in Christ alone? I would challenge you this morning, this, this Easter morning in which we're, we're celebrating the resurrection of this Jesus Christ. As we celebrate His resurrection this morning, as we look to the cross and, and look to the empty tomb, and, and those of us who place our faith in Him, we glory in the hope that we have. Do you have that hope? I would plead, plead with you, turn from your sin and turn to Christ. Look to, to where we'll be in just a few weeks in John 3.16, well-known passage. Look to the first ten verses of, of Ephesians 2. You were dead in your trespasses and sins, but God. But God. The action step this morning from this passage is to trust. To turn from your sins and turn to Christ. Let's close with a word of prayer. Father, we praise you this morning for Jesus Christ. We praise you for the cross. We praise you for the empty tomb. We praise you for the Lamb of God who bore our sins. And Father, if there is anyone under the sound of my voice who has not turned from their sins and placed their faith in Christ alone, may this Easter morning be the morning, the day, that they turn from their sins and turn to Christ. Pray that your spirit would do a mighty work through your word. 
and that you would be lifted up. We pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.